0: Hey everybody, John Malanka here, United Patients Group, and my latest guest is a gentleman by the name of Bruce Eckfield, and uh, you can find him online at Eckfield.com. Uh, but his organization is called Eckfield and Associates. And Bruce's journey was cannabis patients, and using his entrepreneurial skills, and where he's what he's doing today. He's an entrepreneur. He's Inc. 500 CEO, as well as a business coach. And so, what he does, he helps patients. Um, who want to get in this industry, but also businesses who are, I guess, struggling of what to do next. But he's helping keeping the, the wheels on the bus through his master classes, one-on-one coaching, as well as his podcasts. Uh, very knowledgeable guy. I really enjoyed having you on the show, Bruce. So thank you uh, for audience. I hope you enjoy this as much as, as I did and we did doing this. Uh, but if you haven't signed up or subscribed to our, our channel, please do. It does help get, get our information out there. So like us, write comments and uh, enjoy. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is John Malanka with the United Patient Group. Be informed and be well. And today's guest, we have a uh, gentleman from the East Coast, New York City, to be exact, Bruce Eckfeld of Eckfeld & Associates. Uh, great to have you on. I appreciate you uh, joining me on this, uh, I guess, Monday morning, huh? Yeah, thanks. Monday, after a month, Monday afternoon for you. And so, okay. Bruce, um, let me give you a little background. After being trained as an architect, Bruce spent many years in the digital product design and service, and they found uh, he founded a technology consulting firm in 2003. His company was an Inc. 5000 honoree, congratulations, uh, five years in a row and ranked 241st in 2009. He sold his business in 2013 and is now a strategic coach an advisor to early stage CEOs. Hopefully, I'll be in there with you uh, and their leadership team. He hosts two podcasts, Scaling Up Services and Thinking Outside the Bud, and writes weekly for Inc.com and on leadership as well as strategic business growth. So, thanks for being on the show, Bruce. Oh, thanks
1: for having and, uh, me. Dan. I appreciate it.
0: It's, it's 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 funny how people jump in this industry. We're, we're in one industry and we kind of morph into that. And I remember being, you know, right out of college, and I remember talking to my dad and. You know, most people look up to their dads as like their heroes and like, <laughs> how did you get there? You know, how did you become a, a father and, and uh, a spouse and supporting the family? And, you know, in my mind, no worries. I mean, most kids, you know, you're looking like, oh, we don't have any worries. And, yeah. and so, um, I always used to ask him, how do we get, how do I know what we want to do, dad? How do you know what you want to do? And if most, you know, you, not everyone knows what they want to do. And so he kind of morph and he says, you'll know, it'll just kind of just flow into what you're doing, have a passion of what you want to do and what you don't want to do. And so it sounds like you you've done this and you've done this well. So congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I, I'm glad it appears that way. <laughs> yeah.
0: Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. and I think people don't, and, and on that point, I always tell people, don't always judge a book by its cover because yeah, yeah. everybody's going through something. So, and this is something I work with patients on a daily basis. Yeah. And so don't always assume. And I had an old colleague years ago, uh, I'd run a sales team and it drove me nuts when anyone was late. And I said, I always tell her, better to be five minutes early than one minute late. And she said, John, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know if they're single moms, single dads, mm-hmm. taking the bus, no money, running the kids at school. I went, yeah. Her name was Esther and Esther actually passed away from cancer uh, uh, when we worked together. And that was, that really hit home. So it just showed, but she stayed stuck with me, you know, 20 years later of mm-hmm. you know, of that too. And so uh, on the outside, you look fantastic, man. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate and I've had a lot yeah. of great success in my life. So I, I don't, cool. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, look, it's, it's always challenges, right? I, I think that's, that's life, that's business. And, um, you know, and you're going to have that. A successful life is not one that's easy, uh, you know, no. one that is interesting you know, and, and achieves things.
0: And I think learning, you know, and I, you and I have spoken off counter, you know, losing my wife to, to yeah. cancer a few years ago, people always say, you know, I'm so proud of you for continuing on or doing this. And I just, you know, I, I don't want to say uh, adversity bring, makes you stronger. And I would believe me, I, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody. And I I would do it all over again, knowing what the outcome uh, was just because mm-hmm. of the life that uh, Crit and I had. And so um, you, you know, cannabis wasn't you, you very similar background, you know, athlete yeah. um, and cannabis wasn't uh, your lifestyle. And so can you share how you became a patient and then kind of yeah. uh, took to. your expertise and life experiences and what you're doing today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, a pretty intense athlete, uh, you know, student in high school, college, um, uh, never, just never really got into it. I had friends and stuff. We're, we're into it, uh, high school, but, never part of my kind of sphere. College, I was a competitive rower. I was a cross country skier. I was a biathlete for a while. Oh wow! Uh, so I was, yeah, I was really into those things. And not that they didn't, that didn't jive with uh, use of cannabis uh, necessarily, but it just, it wasn't part of uh, my world. Uh, even, you know, I went to McGill University in Montreal, fairly strong cannabis culture in Montreal. Um, you know, certainly exposed to it, but just never never really a big part of my, my life. Um, and then uh, about eight years ago now, nine years ago, uh, ended up with um, a, a fractured vertebrae, uh, my L5 uh, vertebrae fractured, ended up having a fairly major double fusion surgery, um, you know, 12 hours, uh, they got me out of there, they, they handed me this big bottle of Percocet, uh, and a friend of mine was just like, hey, you should try pot. Uh, and I was certainly open to it. I didn't have any, you know, I wasn't like, Oh no, I can't try pot, but I never really thought about it. And I yeah. certainly never had thought about it as a therapeutic. Um, and so, uh, and I was, I was like, Hey, I'll look, I'll give it a go. Right. Like I certainly knew the downsides of, um, you know, the opioids and, and Percocet and, and had done surgeries and stuff before and knew that kind of, zone that it puts you in. Uh, yeah. And so when that was offered to me and, and suggested, I was like, oh, yeah, give that a try. And, and you no, know, uh, probably within a week, two weeks, certainly within two weeks, I was off all the Percocets. Uh, I was mainly doing edible. I was still doing a little bit of uh, smoking, but mainly edibles. And uh, it was great for uh, pain management. Uh, it just, it really helped get through kind of that, that constant pain, post-surgery recovery. Um, it kept my mood really good. Right. Like I just, you know, it helped me just uh, not not sort of succumb to, I think, the sort of the emotional draining aspect of, of you know, not becoming. I, mean, I I couldn't bend, lift or twist. Right. Like yeah. I, I was I don't know how, how graphic you want to be on this program. But right. There were certain things I couldn't do myself that I had other people <laughs> do for me, which was you know not fun. And that just kept it just kept my mood very good. And then it, it, my sleep was amazing. Right. I just found that my ability to actually get really good sleep was improved. And, and even post, uh, surgery recovery, um, you know, I found that it really, it was very, very helpful for, um, uh, sleep dealing with sleep, dealing with, you know, a fairly active driven mind, right. That's got a thousand things going Me too. Uh, on a regular basis. It really, um, it really helped with all that. Um, and so, you know, it became part of my kind of daily management routine, uh, post that, and it's kind of come and gone over the years, but, yeah. um, and now with the products getting much more interesting and much better, um, you know, it's been fun to kind of experiment with some of this stuff. And you know, the different cannabinoids, the different uh, form factors. Um, I now, I now have all sorts of creams and everything I use for my knees because I've run uh, far too many marathons and Ironman, and my, I'm, you know, at my age, my knees are kind of shot. So I'm always kind of dealing with um, uh, you know joint pains and things like that. So it's is it, just is,
0: just is it, that's the benefit of being on on both of us on this side of the business because. Yeah. I have people that send me products nonstop, you know, and I use them all. I oh, use yeah. them all. And I and I do the same thing before my runs or rides. I lather my body, my calves up, my knees up, my oh, elbows, wow. my wrists. And um, you know, and and it's amazing on what what this what this plant can do. And and all these new in uh, these companies are popping up. Let me back up one. Yeah. College in, in Montreal. So, are, are you uh, Canadian, French Canadian, or
1: no? Uh, no, I'm I'm U S. citizen. So, I grew up in Minnesota. Uh, ended up there for school. So, I needed I needed architecture, engineering, and snow. Yeah. Um, and, and when you when you look at those things and you start looking at universities, it was a very very limited set. in Montreal Montreal was actually south from where I lived in. Minnesota. Oh wow. So i uh, yeah, because okay. of the way the geography works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I moved down to New York after, uh, after that geography,
0: geography history there. Yeah. And then secondly, um, I've sit, I've witnessed a friend of mine is a surgeon here in oh. California. And back in 2002, we were up in Tahoe for 4th of July. And I said, I would love to join you for surgery. He goes, you're into that. I said, I love that stuff. He said, meet me. And so I went okay. to the hospital on that uh-huh. Tuesday, uh-huh. scrubbed up, did the whole thing. Yeah. Bodies there. So did you go anterior or posterior?
1: Uh, we we did. Uh, uh, and we went into the front. They yeah. they did um, most of it through the abdomen. Totally. and then they went in the side. So I've got you know cages between the spines, and then I have rods and pins through the sides. So well, sat, invasive. Yeah,
0: I sat there, body, head, anesthesiologist, the doctor, myself, and another doctor mm-hmm. on that side, and I was right here. And they literally opened the body up, and my first breath was. <laughs> skin. And he goes, don't inhale. I go, don't pass out. Don't pass out. Don't pass out. Yeah. But I went, I was able to see I yeah. uh, open. I mean, I was right there. Yeah. I mean, I was, and I don't know if you can do that nowadays, you know, and he uh, was probably one of the doctors
1: not. Was when probably not, yeah. Christopher
0: rees had an accent He was, he mm-hmm. was teaching overseas, uh, in Italy. And they, and so he, uh, they reached out to him, uh, but it's, it's an impressive, so did you have the, the, uh, titanium cages that they put in there? Which-
1: yeah, I've got two titanium yeah. cages between L4, L5 and S1 yep, and exactly rods and pins in the back. But yours is 12 hours. Yeah. Just cause it, we had some other complications. Okay. I'm, I'm on a anticoagulant for some other things. So gotcha. yeah, okay. a bunch of things we had to do a little differently. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a big deal. It is a big thing. It, anyway. it, so, well. it went very well. I mean, I, so, I must say the doctor was great.
0: So to, so to hear you say that, I was like, oh my gosh, that brings back memory. So yeah, <laughs> like like you, my my brain never stops as well. So um, cannabis, and it, it worked with you, Pam, because a lot of patients that I work with, including you know, Corinne, um, it didn't work with her. You know, I work with a lot of pain patients. Another woman who's been on our show, Claudia Mirandi, um, you know, she said, John, I've tried all these things and, and unfortunately it didn't work. And, and that was one thing that Chris said, how come it doesn't work for pain? And again, cannabis is not a one size fits all. I'm yep. glad it worked for you because it,
1: like you yep. said, it helped with the appetite, I nausea. Do. Yeah. Uh, also, all this. I do think there's a slight difference, I realized, between um, uh, pain alleviation and pain management. Okay. So I certainly had pain. Like okay. it, didn't, it didn't make the pain go away but it just allowed me to deal with the pain much more effectively and productively i'm a big meditator as well so yeah. i think the combination of meditation and the cannabis allowed me to kind of you know tolerate manage the pain so i didn't have to use the opiates yeah. cuz i found that the opiates just it just, just numbed me yeah. i mean you know physically and mentally and i i didn't want to do that And and it's
0: constipated. I mean, that's, that's the thing that a lot of patients do It's like, you know, I'm I'm constipated. And especially if you're going through chemo radiation on top of everything, um, you know, and they make that uh, pill. Remember the commercials that were about, you know, five, six, seven years ago Uh for opioid induced constipation. Here's a pill for you. And it's like, okay, take these, but if you get backed up, take this pill, you know, that pill. Pills upon pills. Take (laughs) this pill and take this pill. And so, yeah, so I mean we we see, you know, health and wellness sounds like the same thing has been been in your your lifestyle as well, and keeping our body balanced. I don't know how old are you, but I'm I'm 53, and I feel oh, like yeah. I still look out my
1: 20-year-old eyes. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got me by three years, but yeah. Okay,
0: good. So 50s are great. 50s yeah, are great, yeah. and we're still able to do this, and the good thing, we still have our hair looks, you know, and uh, you have some great well, hair, I but tried. also t- touching toes. I can still touch toes. That's the one thing, or see my toes. Yeah, everything yeah, exactly. else right in between all the way down there, too. So, um, so yeah, so you talked about you know, you have everything you've done, congrats on selling your company, being an architect. I mean, so you have a wide variety uh, of, on your resume. Yeah. What made you get into the cannabis industry? Was this just something, yeah, from you know, it, it, experience or just seeing opportunities?
1: So yeah, it was, it was both. I mean, I certainly um, uh, sort of having the experience I had with cannabis kind of opened my eyes to really the power of the plant and, and yep. where it can be applied. And, and that just was fascinating. I mean, just from a uh, you know, someone who's been an entrepreneur for a long time and always kind of looking for new kind of innovative trends and what's going on in the world. You know, that was, I, I certainly saw that, hey, I think there's something here, right? Something is going to happen with cannabis in terms of how we embrace it as a culture, uh, you know, as a plant, as a medicine. Um, and so that, that was certainly interesting. The work that I do uh, as an entrepreneur and as a coach is essentially helping, uh, you know, companies have a huge opportunity to grow Figure out how to do that, right? Like, I like, I, I joke. It's like I, I help keep the wheels on the cart. Yeah. Right? Like, like we can get, we can go eighty miles an hour, but like your cart is, might fall apart when we hit forty. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm there to help figure out how to keep the wheels on the cart. And, and just seeing where the cannabis industry was going, it's like, wow, there's, there's going to be a lot of very high uh, pressure, high pace growth uh, that could definitely stress a lot of companies. And uh, so, doing what I do is just a perfect opportunity for. Uh, strategic coaching, you know, basically helping CEOs, leadership teams really figure out what their strategy was going to be. How do they execute on that? How do they level up their leadership skills? How do we find the right people, you know, get talent involved, design the right organization. So, you know, as an industry, it was a great spot for me um, as a coach. And quite honestly, you know, the other thing I realized is um, most coaches like me kind of wouldn't touch cannabis with a 10 foot pole, right? It was just, there's still enough stigma around cannabis, uh, that from the sort of traditional business world, you know, there's some hesitation in getting involved. And, and I, being an entrepreneur, maybe a little younger, you know, certainly open to the idea, um, you know, as an architect, a little bit more on the creative side, right? So very open to the idea of getting involved in cannabis. And I saw, you know, just a, a great opportunity to apply what I do to an area that very much needed it. And you know, and then honestly, I, I can function in the world, right? Like I can function in cannabis. And, and the fact is, as cannabis is still, you know, it's a little hairy at times. You've got uh, a, a confluence of cultures, a confluence of um, kind of people and experiences and capabilities. And uh, being able to help kind of navigate that and deal with that, I realized I could, I, could, I could operate effectively in the world and bring what I do to the cannabis culture in a way that they were able to kind of understand and accept and embrace and, and leverage that.
0: You know, I, I, when we started this journey, you know, like you, I'm thinking, how do I share this with my family? One, but also two old work colleagues, you know, because Mm -hmm. of of stigma. And I remember for the first, you know, eight, nine months, you know, I would do, uh, we would do press release and they would just say, John, wouldn't say John Melanca. And I had a lot of colleagues in this industry got really upset with me. Like how, you know, what are you doing? I said, Mm -hmm. listen, this wasn't my background. And I still, have family members and old colleagues because back 2010 2011 it's not how it is now. Nowadays, you know, they're talking about it, and you know, the seniors are talking about it at church and the bridge clubs and the garden clubs. Okay. It's You know, this is I'm talking about my mom. I mean, it just blows me away that something like that, that was the one thing. And so, you bringing your expertise and bringing that stigma down, you know, people said to Corinne and I, you know, you guys are good ambassadors for this industry showing that, you know, and I, and I feel that the same way thing with you, with your background, yeah. uh, of being the way you are. And, and I think when you're an athlete as well as entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you have, um, I would say type A personality. Are, are you,
1: yeah, I can be, I can be when I need to be, but yes. yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's very much part of it. I mean, I, I, I think I was reasonably fortunate that so I'm, I think I'm the only, I'm certainly the only um, uh, person in my family without a PhD, uh, and everyone else is medical MDs, RNs. Okay. Uh, And so on one hand, uh, I I think there was a fairly uh, sort of scientific kind of focused on, you know, is this really medicine kind of thing. On the other hand, a fairly open mind of like, hey, look, you know, if this stuff works, this stuff works, let's let's figure it out. Um, I mean, the cultural side of it, I guess I I never really had too much you know stigma immediately within my family around, at least not that I can remember offhand. But (laughs) it's certainly in the beginning, it was a little bit you're oh, you're getting into cannabis. And now it's like, oh, you're getting into cannabis. So, um, you know, I used to joke like used to be uh, everyone would step away from me at the parties when I talked about it. And now everyone wants a job.
0: <laughs> Same. I mean, we would do, we would do, a, 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 we would exhibit at pharmacy com- conferences, not pharmaceutical, but pharma- with pharmacists. Yeah. And the first year, you know, people would walk by our booth and go, okay, I'm not looking I'm not, yeah. looking, I'm not looking. And then the second year, like, okay, I'll come over here and see what they're up to. You know, year three, year four, year five, everyone's around our birth. Good to see you guys. How can we get involved? What's going on? And so uh, again, it's just bringing the stigma down, the talk. I mean, you know, years ago you wouldn't, you know, dear friend of mine, uh, the Hydes, Mike and Callie Hyde, their son is Cash Hyde. And Cash was the very first and legal medical cannabis, youngest first legal medical cannabis Mm -hmm. patient in the United States. And um, he was a pioneer, but no one wanted to touch it with his 10 foot pole, meaning Good Day, Good Morning America, Today Show, uh, Dr. Oz. And they would talk to him, Hey, Bruce, do you want to be on the show with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then say, Sorry, we can't do it. You know, the higher ups would say something. And now, I mean, it's just to show you where that is to where we are today, um, or that was then and to today, I mean, it, in, in all the parts of this, uh, this industry, you know, the stigma is down, and people are turning to this that have as as a medicine. And so can you talk to that, what you're doing, what you're seeing in the industry, because what you're doing with helping so many businesses? there's some great ideas, and they yeah. have a lot of money, but they're not keeping the wheels on the bus. And I've seen that like you, I, sh- I speak with uh, companies on a daily basis that are wanting to jump in here to help uh, have the right mindset,
1: but what, are, what are they missing? Is it, is it a, is, well, is it a goal? I mean, a mat- Well, So I think the challenge, I mean, there's a lot of challenges. Uh, I think, I mean, there obviously just general challenges in cannabis, but I think one of the things when it comes to um, the, the medical side is, um, is the kind of w- when adult use programs come into the market, right? So you've got a state that's established a fairly good medical program and then an adult use program comes in and the, the two big problems are um, access to products, right? Like it's the product tends to go towards adult use. Uh, and so there can be a, a problem finding uh, uh, in sort of inventory qu- quantities of good product and, and honestly product development, right? Like the, the, the area starts to shift towards yeah adult use right and away from the therapeutic uh focus kind of products and so i think a lot of the interesting companies that i've seen uh, uh, on the medical side have made the decision say "Hey, look, we're just going to focus on medical and we're going to start looking at really what are the you know everything from uh the dosing to uh the cannabinoids to the terpene profiles like really focusing on for a medical use what do we really need to create in terms of products um, you know, everything from form factors, packaging, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's one interesting trend right now in the industry is how the dynamic between adult use and the medical um, uh, programs end up uh, impacting the product development side of things. And so one of the things I, I'm always looking for are folks that are trying to really innovate on the medical side, right? Because that's it's, uh, I think they, it gets kind of overwhelmed by adult use.
0: So it's your, your company, you're a nationwide company.
1: Well, so I, I'm a I'm a coach. I work with I work with groups all over the U.S. and actually in Canada. Uh, everything from testing labs to packaging companies to cultivators to test you know testing labs like various parts of the chain. Yeah. And and what I'm looking for all of those things. Where where are the growth opportunities? And I work with them to figure out the strategy. Cool. But the but the medical side is is certainly an area that I think is uh, under. Uh, sort of underdeveloped right now, or I think there's, there's a dearth of good companies focused on medical um, uh, medical products. See, and that's
0: what we've been since day one. And I remember people, like, I, I mean, I, I won't name names, but there are some, uh, this, uh, uh, I guess, editor for a, a very popular magazine wrote us and I received my email, that, this is back in 2011. I said, oh my God, they, they found us and we're brand new. It. And he said, it will never go medical. It will never go medical, and I'm thinking. Listen, I have nothing against the recreational, mm-hmm. but we're fighting for people like my father-in-law who had two yeah. weeks to live, yeah. two days, two weeks, two months, not 20 years. And so, just like in the restaurant business, you know, you have your early birds, the blue hairs who want to come in at five and be out of by five twenty-seven, mm-hmm. and then the yeah. people, yeah, you know, the other group that comes in. So I said, you know, that's that's who we're fighting for. And he, you know, he wrote back, "I apologize, it'll never go medical." Well, you know. Yeah. It, literally no. you know, they changed their name, to medical cups, I'll leave it like that. And medical magazine. Um, But California being legal since 1996 is medical Mm -hmm. in 2016. It came up to become adult use. And a lot of people in the industry, I voted no on it. Mm -hmm. Corinne, my, my wife, um, she, she voted yes on it. And the reason I voted was because we were so medical that I had seen what it's done to Colorado Washington mm-hmm. State, Oregon, and the medical market came in and really pushed out the excuse me the recreational. Mm-hmm, state the came adult use, yeah, came the medical. medical yeah. And so the doctors, a lot of doctors we work with, had to close their offices because now they're going. I don't need to go see uh, yeah. uh, Bruce anymore. Yeah. I can just go right down to the dispensary. Mm-hmm. And talking to patients now, right after that, um, I said, "How did you vote?" And they said, "You know, we made a mistake. We felt like we were at least in okay. California." it was the kind of a bait and switch type of thing. And right now, 2021, this is 2016.
1: They're still, what do we go? What do we do? What do we listen to? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's two. I mean, for me, they're just two different industries. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've got one, which is, is really looking at, uh, you know, money. A, a <laughs> oh, yeah. So certainly one. Well, I, I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, everything is money, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, um, you know, pretend that you know there's not profit motive, and I would love to have
0: this the duffel bags of cash, which yeah. all the media you know yeah. points on to about the record, me, I and there's yeah. nothing wrong with the recreational side, that's
1: not what I, what well, I was it's, getting. It's, at, you know, it, it, it's it's, they're different industries. That yeah. I think the problem comes is when, um, the they're the kind of confluence of them from a customer point of view and from a production point of view, yeah. and you know, when you get these dispensaries that, um, you know, you have dispensaries that are clearly adult use focused and you have some dispensaries that are clearly looking at, um, you know, more patient focused. Do you and, think the, the product, let
0: me get your uh, insight on this. Do you think the, the the products are identical and one's just higher taxed than the other or are they separate products? Because I have
1: this talk, talk quite a bit. Um, uh, I, I guess I would say from a strategy point of view, they are different strategies. I mean, the underlying uh, formulations, okay. uh, could be very, very similar. Although I think there's still, I mean, I guess, I think there's the, the, one of the challenges has been so much of the formulation strategy has been on the adult use side and not on the, um, uh, medical okay. side that you, you, you have a dearth of good quality medical products uh, designed to be used for medical applications. Um, you know, so you end up with, you know, from a, uh, e- even going into a medical dispensary you end up having to kind of use adult use products uh, and not really having the, the, the right, you know, underlying formulations I find at times for, for patients also purely from a branding point of view. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the packaging, the form factors, you know, things like that, you know, clearly uh, you know, the weight has been on the adult use side Um you know, so I'd love to see more innovation in terms of um, formulations and in terms of product, you know, formats, packaging and stuff like that are really geared towards the, the medical side. But it is, it's, it's a, you know, it's a profit motive force, right? Like where where can companies make money? Yeah, I mean, it, the adult use is there. And, and I appreciate your, your,
0: your uh, take on that and as well, because I, I always look at it that the products are the same. Cause people will say, "Well, let's let's go with this one. I want medical, not the recreational." So a lot of a lot of patients and consumers' mindset is CBD's medical, THC's recreational. Which, mm-hmm. you know, and then you say it all. The, every cannabinoid plays a part yeah. in, in bringing your body back to homeostasis balance. Um, and then the tax portion. And so that I look at it is you can still have access to medical grade mm-hmm. products in the recreational at eighteen and uh, excuse me twenty one and over, but the tax uh is different and is are you seeing that as well because or are you seeing others because you're working
1: with a lot of companies that are yes yeah, so i'm working with lots of different markets i mean gen- generally yes i mean they're they're taxing or uh, i don't know how you say it. they're they're providing less a discount on the tax <laughs> for medical use with me- um you know in, in in part because it's you know uh, you know it's less it's sort of a vice tax right yeah. like for if you're adult use like okay we're going to tax it higher because this is a, kind of a luxury it's not medical necessity. I think that's generally been yeah. the market or the kind of policy logic behind the things. Um, but it creates this gray market, right? It creates a, a situation. And, and the fact is, is uh, you know, a lot of people are using or uh, are, are coming in through the kind of the adult use side to self-medicate, right? So, I mean, just because, you know, someone isn't going to a medical dispensary or using a medical yeah. card or, or paying the medical tax doesn't mean they're not using it for medicinal purposes. It's just a question of like what what has what is the avenue they have gone down and what's the best road for them in terms of actually acquiring um, the products that they need. Yeah,
0: speaking about products, can you share any anything that you're working on right now, or is it kind of hush hush until it makes the market?
1: Well, so most of the groups that I work with, it's all hush hush until they you know until they launch things. But I mean, I guess in general, the things that I've that I've been uh, interested in in terms of trends. Certainly the, some of these more interesting formulations, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, we're learning more and more about, you know, all the different cannabinoids and the terpenes and the flavonoids and everything that are in these, uh, in the plant that we can extract. Um, So that's really interesting to see how we're kind of understanding not only how these individual molecules work but also in combinations, you know, how they create different effects. some really interesting stuff of people now you know using other plant uh you know products plant medicines incorporating to this right so not just cannabis but you know other um uh, other traditional plant medicines um uh, you know with various kind of properties and capabilities and, and putting them into kind of formulations where cannabis is just one of many things they're putting into stuff um, the other one is interesting is uh, uh there's there's a couple of groups that are uh, developing or, or Uh, Extracting terpenes from uh, non-cannabis plants, right? So like oranges and things like that. I mean, these you know terpenes come from all sorts of things. I mean, cannabis is a is an offshoot of the hop you know plant, and that has gone off to you know there's lots of different ways you can get terpenes out of the hop families, uh, but all fruits you know there's lots of different ways you can get these terpenes. So people are extracting terpenes uh, for the purpose of creating formulations such that they you don't run amok of the cannabis laws. Right. So you can still create a, a, a terpene blend uh, with non-cannabis plants uh, so that you, you can actually and now you're you have no restrictions. I mean, you can ship it internationally. As, it's just a fruit product. Yeah. Uh, but they're kind of learning from the cannabis side to figure out how can we get these terpenes and create some of these profiles and create. Some and are they of these in
0: oils? Because I've been to conferences before COVID hit and, and you go to this table and it's like, oh, oh, my gosh. And so for our audience too, and I yeah. know I'm a broken record on this, but we've all smelt terpenes and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it brings you back to to a place. For me, it's mm-hmm. stop and smell the roses. Roses yeah. always remind me of my grandmother. And so yeah. I, you believe me, I don't care where we are, Bruce and I, you and I walking down the street, if I see a rose, I'll, yeah. I'll stop and, and smell it. And it brings me back that mm-hmm. as well as lavender and the same thing, you know, and it's calming. And so each, each of the these terpenes that are in the cannabis plant and other other uh, uh, I guess, uh
1: um, plant-based or fruit, fruit you yep. know, they, they can bring, uh, a, a, bring in, yeah, they, they have, they have psychological effects and they have, I mean, it, it, I mean, people are really finding some, uh, interesting effects, you know, medical effects, right? People, are, yeah. you know, it will affect the body in different ways. And certainly this combination, I think the one thing we've, we've learned on the, the cannabis world, um, you know, from a formulation point of view is, yeah. you know, extracting these individual molecules out say, okay, well, here's hundred percent pure THC you know, just does not have the same effect as, you know, a, a, a full spectrum or a broad spectrum uh, profile, which, which these things work in combination. I think it's one thing that I've appreciated having done, you know, interviews with lots of these folks now, the, um, the, the challenge we have in cannabis from the medical side, where you have an industry, a medical industry, which is fundamentally based on identifying individual molecules, researching them, testing them, putting them into trials in very particular ways and in very isolated controlled environment to be able to evaluate and uh, prove efficacy and be able to, to um, actually you know, put these to market. Cannabis is not that. I mean, cannabis is yeah. a plant medicine. It comes as a, a, a whole broad spectrum of, of um, uh, molecules of cannabis and and trying to pull them out individually and test them like we would Uh, you know, Tylenol is just, it doesn't work. And so uh, there's been a lot of friction, a lot of challenges from, um, you know, the, the research in the pharmaceutical world, like how, how do we do this? How do we validate, you know, cannabis uh, as an effective drug uh, in in these different, uh, you know, formulations for these different conditions in this different environment? It's, it's a, I think it's, it's probably one of the bigger challenges in in cannabis.
0: Are you seeing that a lot of these companies are having to do this out out of, Uh, out of country, out of the US and go overseas or up to Canada to to have these tests. And Um, unfortunately, you know, I mean, you're seeing this. Well, they have to
1: do that. But most of that has been because we can't, legally, we can't do the research, right? Because it's still federally legal. We just can't do, we can't actually run the tests the same way we've run them. I think the big shift that I've seen, or the, the interesting one is sort of moving away from kind of single molecule clinical trial kind of model to much more of Anecdotal, large, broad spectrum uh, or uh, broad scale, or broad studies, anecdotal studies of uh, cannabis use in broad populations. So rather than saying, okay, we're going to take 100 people and we're going to 50 this and 50 this and we're going to randomize it and we're going to double blind it and all this stuff, it's like, look, you know, the fact is, is we've had I mean, people are using cannabis at, yeah. you know, a very large volumes for <laughs> very periods of time. And if we can collect the right data and do the re- regression analysis to be able to say, well, hey, but here's a whole bunch of people in this situation with these genetics with this this condition let's look and see how you know different cannabis products are are affecting them you know positive and negative in different ways like there there is there is ability to pull out legitimate research or legitimate conclusions from some of that stuff, but it's a whole different approach to um, trials and be be able to conduct research around this. And and we're just not set up as an industry to do that, or certainly pharmaceutical is not set up to do that. And so a lot of this has been innovating on how do we collect this data? How do we analyze this data? And how do we validate using this different kind of data approach? How do we validate this from an effectiveness point of view?
0: Have you? Let me back up to terpenes really quick. Have yeah. you uh, um, spoken to Dr. Susan Trap? She's out of Colorado. No, I don't. Um, she's a terpene specialist, and yeah. uh, um, you know she's been on the show, and I've, I've worked a couple of things. I would like to put you you guys in touch because I think you, if a you're working with a lot of terpenes, um, yeah. you know she she would be a, a nice uh, asset as well. Yeah. Um, so companies that are coming in here, what 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 can you share for because a, a lot of everyone has a story. You know, I have a Mm -hmm. story, you have a story and how it kind of led you into this. And a lot of the patients we work with, and we do stories of hope on a regular basis here, United Patients Group. And with those stories of hope, what they went through, they started a company. And so for our listeners, um, how can you help? Um, What would you, what would you, what would you do? Like from A to Z starting point of Bruce, I need help. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I don't have any wheels on the bus and I need, I need to uh, at least to get one wheel or in the screw tire on there too. And so um, do you yeah. work? At,
1: and, and I know you're working with multi million dollar company. Yeah, so the challenges um, are different. If you, if you look at kind of as a company grows, right. From, yeah. from sort of, oh, I've got an idea, you know, raising money, founded a company, first product, getting to market, getting traction, you know, getting profitable, scaling the business. Like all each step has its own set of challenges. So, um, Uh, generally I'm working with companies that have, they've got traction, right? They've, they've got a product, they've got customers, they're making money. They're ideally they're profitable at some level. Maybe they're not, maybe they're just like, we're, we're able to generate revenues. We just can't figure out how to make it profitable at the scale. And we want to figure out how to really scale this thing up. We want to get to several hundred million dollars in in revenue. Um, and I I work with them around that. I would say the core of what I do is around strategy, meaning every Every successful, I would say, in order to be a successful scaling company, you, you really need to identify who, who is your core customer, right? Who, who do you really serve? Who do you really focus on? Yeah. What is the product or service that you provide them? Meaning, like, what do you, what do, you do for them, right? If, if you're trying to sell everything to everyone, you're not going to get very far, right? You just cannot focus. You don't have time, money, and energy to, to try to do that. And, and everyone else in the world is trying to do that, too. So you're not going to differentiate yeah. yourself. If you can really hone in, who am I trying to serve? What is the problem I'm solving for them? And what is my solution? If you can really hone that, that's where you can start to really focus on scaling. So everyone I work with, it's a lot of this is winnowing this down, like trimming out all the things you could do to the handful of things you really should do to be able to grow and scale. And that's going to be based on really what are your unique capabilities, what are your passions are at, right? There's a whole kind of confluence of things that come together to figure that out. But yeah, it's that defining the focus Uh, and then figuring out once I have this focus, how am I going to go to market? And then what do I need to build around me in terms of operations, in terms of talent, in terms of, you know, leadership teams, in terms of expertise, I would say one of the big challenges in cannabis these days is uh, even for companies that have a great strategy, and there's a great market opportunity. You know, if you need to get to a couple hundred people in your organization to be able to scale it, it's tough to find good people that can work in cannabis. Uh, And so you're bringing, there's, there's certainly not enough people in cannabis right now, and so you're pivoting people from other industries yeah. and that doesn't always go so well, right? Like I've, I've certainly run into a lot of cases where you've got this great, you know, pharmaceutical executive, 30 years in pharmaceutical is going to come over to cannabis and and then they crash and burn in six months because yeah. it's just, it's a different industry. and It's they're a just
0: totally different industry. And change. they can't,
1: they sure. can't make the change, right? And other people can, yeah. but it's, that's, that's one of the big things. But yeah, yeah. so I, I work with them to really figure out strategy and then how do we really define the, the, the. Scaling process, what are the goals? What are the targets? How do we build out a team to achieve that? It,
0: but just to mirror what you said, I tell people all the time, this is, this is, and I've done like you quite a few things in my life. And I'm thinking, this is the one of the craziest industries. I, you know, I remember when Chris and I first started, I'd say, you see this. For, my forehead. Yeah. She, you see that bruise. She goes, no, I go, that's for me banging my head against a the wall of frustration. And these were the business professionals in this industry. And oh, so yeah. I've seen a lot of people come and go uh, in this wave. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity in this industry, but it's not a get quick, rich industry. And oh I keep, no. I think that's one of the biggest
1: misconceptions. No, uh, oh yeah.
0: I'm going to get in the cannabis industry. I have dirt, I have a seed, I have water and I'm a multimillionaire right now. And it's like, it's not, and I think if you need to come in with some compassion in your heart mm-hmm. as well, if you are coming in to, to say, oh, I'm, I'm on the medical side. I want to help people in which, you know, I've seen a lot of great companies and I've seen a lot and I've seen companies come in that have a great idea, great product, and they're no longer here. And I don't know if it's, if it's capital or they burnt out, um, or just business in general. I mean, this happens yeah. in your local ice cream store, your yeah. pizza joint or whatever. So, um, what, um, what can you share with our audience? You know, I mean, I want to spotlight what you're doing yep. and how people can find you. What, what, uh, what are the, what, like the, the core core things that you can do for, for, for companies coming in? I know you shared kind of yep. a cliff note there, but um, how do they start with you? I mean, so if I came yes. on, Bruce, I'd like to start and, and I do receive your emails as well. Yeah. And uh, so what What um, can you share
1: with our audience? Yeah. Well, so I always, I always push people to the podcast, right? So my, my podcast has um, really great interviews from, you know, all sorts of people in the industry. There are stories of, of, um, you know, just getting into the industry, struggling in the industry, being successful in the industry. Uh, so there's some great content there. I always, always uh, suggest that people want to learn more about cannabis, listen to that, some of that yeah. stuff. Um, in terms of the work that I do, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a strategic coach, right? So my, my job is helping clarify those issues of, Who is my core customer? How are we going to go to market? What are the differentiators? How do we build out core capabilities? Um, I I have a series of strategy sessions that I run, you know, privately for companies when they want to go through the strategy process. Um, I'm happy to send people, you know, outlines of how my strategy stack and how we get to some of those answers. Uh, I run a lot of workshops, uh, helping people kind of answer various pieces of that. Uh, I run a series of mastermind programs. uh, Mm -hmm. So for uh, folks that are in the industry and want to, really have a a confidential um, uh, place, safe place to come and bring their business challenges, their struggles, their questions. Hey, how do do I do X? Uh, I I host uh, mastermind meetings where we get together monthly and those folks have a chance to share experiences. I coach, we bring in content, really help bring in planning, bring in strategy, bring in accountability so they can really get focused on growing and scaling. And yeah, I mean, the medical side, it's, uh, the, the, yeah, there's been a lot of folks coming in with great, great intention and noble causes and, um, you know, which are, you know, incredibly important. Um, but the thing is you also have to run a, a successful business, right, like you're, unless unless you're gonna get funded continuously somehow from some outside source, <laughs> like you, you've got to figure out how to make money. And, and yeah. so I think one of the things that I, I love doing is helping people that are super passionate and have really noble causes um, and uh, are mission driven. Also figure out how to make sure that it's going to be a sustainable, viable business model. Because at the end of the day, that if you really want to have impact, if you really want to bring your product, your service to market yeah. and, and impact as many people as possible, you have to build a, a sustainable, scalable model around yeah. it. Right. There's yeah. no there's no point in doing it or it's, it's really tough to do if you require funding at every stage.
0: You know, being in this industry for 11 years, I think we've 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 seen it all. I've seen a lot of companies come in, even in our company. You know, uh, the Mm -hmm. same thing of 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 growing pains. What worked, what didn't work. Keep on, you know, pull your bootstraps back up and and keep going. That was one thing that I still have in my head every day with Corinne is act like you're in the middle of mud or in the in the Mm -hmm. trenches, mud, heavy sack on, pouring rain, wind blowing, and you're just one step at a time and look forward, you know, just constantly okay. go, go, go and, yeah. and forget about all this other hoopla on their side yeah. as well. well. You mentioned, let me go with your, your mastermind course and you're yeah. saying sharing ideas. Is it, a, is it a one-on-one sharing ideas or are you in a group like a, so, a round table? Yeah. So
1: what the way I do it is I put together um, groups of about six to eight uh, yep. CEOs uh, cool. and uh, I, I do it by industry. So all these folks are in cannabis. I just I make sure there's no direct competitive conflicts. Uh, cool. So either geography, geographically spread, or you're working on different parts of the growth chain. Um, but the point is, is, is to bring together folks that are, are going through this, you know, similar struggles, right? Like, you know, trying to figure out how to get this business running, growing the business, finding the right people, figuring a right strategy. You can often learn a lot from other folks that either are going through the same thing, or just went through that, or are going through that in six months. Uh, and so I create a, a, a container, right? A space where we can get together and share those ideas. Uh, I like I, what we call hot seat, right? So I get people to go really, like, okay, like what is the real challenge? And we dig into it we push for root causes. We get super vulnerable at times. I was going to uh, say, do
0: people feel comfortable sharing? Know, your, we've, your, had your, your we've had people cry. We've had people
1: like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, because, because look at the, at the end of the day. this is, It's challenging, right? right. As an entrepreneur, like most of the stuff that you're struggling with are stuff that's in your head, right? And if you, yeah. if, if you don't have a place to be able to kind of work that stuff out. And, and, a, and the nice thing is, is that that group, no one has a dog in your fight right? Yeah. Like we're just there to love you and like help you be successful, right? Like, I, like we're not an investor. We're not a spouse. We're not an employee. We're not a business partner. We're not a regulator, like whatever. We're just there to help you be successful, but we can give you honest you know, feedback around what we see and the patterns you're in and the th- the, your thinking patterns. And we can help call some of that stuff out. And the whole point is to get more options, more perspective on the table so you can make better decisions that are going to help you scale faster. So so that's the the container we create in the in the program and then I I bring in coaching tools and growth tools and we do strategy and we have goal setting and stuff like that but fundamentally it's to create that space where you can really share deeply with with other folks that are in the similar situations.
0: So you have two things one is your one on one, but yeah. also your your mastermind, and yeah. so the mastermind is it a six week course or? You, so I, I do
1: that. We do that sort of in perpetuity. I do usually do a one year. We have a one year curriculum, and then people stay in it, and we yeah. we keep that group going. And because you end up creating, you, know, you get to know these people. Yeah, right? like you 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 know them deeply, and they know you deeply, and that's a really valuable thing when you're going through different phases of of the process. Fantastic. So, um, how do people find you? So Eckfeldt.com, E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T.com is my, my main website and has all my yeah. coaching information. Uh, thinking outside the is the podcast. Um, uh, and my email is just Bruce at Eckfeldt.com. You could always reach out and I'll. I'll put you in touch with whatever piece of content is most applicable to your situation.
0: And are you working on anything right now that you want to uh, highlight when you get yeah. out to our audience?
1: Um, yeah. Depending on, I mean, we're, we're putting together a really interesting uh, symposium on cultivation okay. uh, in June. Uh, so, and we're, we're bringing together some of the most interesting cultivators uh people in ag science people in research people that have been cultivating cannabis for you know 30 40 years yeah. and really uh focusing on the the science of cultivation so we're putting together that program that's going to be in june it's a one-day symposium um and we're doing a new mastermind group the end of next month so we're recruiting for that uh what else we've got going on uh yeah it's just the world is so busy right now. <laughs> podcast episodes all over the yeah, time no but, kidding. yeah N- never ending but uh well, cool. Um,
0: have a lot to share with you uh, offline. I'd like yeah, to, I'll to introduce to you some people as well, and uh, further discuss see what what we can do together as well. But uh, Bruce, I thank you so much for jumping on. I have to ask you. I love that background. Tell me, it's not a green screen, is it real? No, that's that's real. That's all. Oh, good. I love it. <laughs> love the colors. Looks look perfect there too. So, hey, uh, anyway, Bruce Eckfeld. Thank uh, you. And they can find you at Eckfeld, E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com, yep. right? And yep, you uh, got it. I thank you. And then how, um, let me say, share, how, how can they find your, your podcast as
1: well? Yeah. So thinking outside the bud.com, uh, okay. is you'll, you just search for that and you'll, you'll find and it. And it's on all the, all the, uh, all on the, all the, all the out- platforms. Yeah, okay. There's a yeah. website. We'll push you to whatever platform you want. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Bruce,
0: I appreciate you being on and doing what Thanks, you're doing man. in the industry and I look forward to doing uh, more with you in the future as well. And, uh, have a blessed day. And everyone, hope you enjoyed this. I certainly did. Uh, John Malonka is the United Patients Group. Be informed and be well, and we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.